Hey, small business owners, entrepreneurs, and side hustlers everywhere, welcome to today's episode where we have a special guest for you. Scott Ulmer is an entrepreneur who founded a special company called Little Pink Houses. Uh, he's been an entrepreneur for several years. He's been a real estate investor, and he's part of a, a pretty, pretty elite real estate investment network that we're a part of and fortunate to work in and serve. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S., and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. And Scott, as we begin this podcast, I'd love to just kind of tell the audience, if you would, a little bit about your background and maybe some of the key events that led you to become an entrepreneur and also to launch Little Pink Houses. Absolutely. Well, Leo, thank you for having me. It's it's a, it's an honor and a privilege. And and uh, yeah, we are part of a really neat community. I feel certainly honored to be a part of that. And uh, I have been an entrepreneur, uh, I guess, essentially my, most, of, most of my life. My, my story is uh, it starts at 14 years old. I was mowing lawns and had saved some money up. My father had actually read a book, believe it or not. In fact, uh, I don't even know if you'd remember this, Leo, How to Awaken the Financial Genius Inside of You by Mark Haroldson. Do you remember that book from the, I want to say 70s, maybe 80s? Uh, it was a little before our time, uh, but my father read a book and learned how to wholesale houses, and that kind of got his start. Ah, so at 14, right. uh, I had some money saved up, and as I've told the story many times, I had a lot of help, but but I bought my first house at 14. It was a tax lien property, and of course, my dad's attorney, wow. and my dad, yeah, a lot, lot of help, but but ultimately, I paid for it and uh, and flipped it uh, wholesale. That made about, uh, sold it for 4200 so made a nice little chunk. Of course, at 14 years old, that was all the money in the world. and A lot of money when you're 14. Oh, man, I, I was I was big time, man. I was big time back then. So, uh, but it was just my my, my uh, foray, if you will, into into real estate and entrepreneurship as a whole and and loved it at the time, loved the feeling I had and, and wanted to replicate that. Uh, and so, so I really got my, my start early with What's funny is when I started kind of getting out there over the past 10 years or so, I, I thought it would be neat to share a picture of my first home. So, uh, you know, here's my first house. I bought it at 14. So I go to pull it up on the street view. And of course, it's a parking lot at this point. It wasn't wasn't real special back then. And they, they oh. not for development, but because it was not worth keeping evidently. So uh, but that that's how I got my start. And, and so kind of fast forward the tape. I uh, didn't want to go to college, but but uh, parents made me made me graduate, which I'm, I'm very happy uh, that I did that. I went to Ohio University. Played a little football, and uh, as I, I've shared, oh, very nice. Yeah, NFL called me, said, "Don't don't waste your time. You're not fooling us." And so it was it was a pretty short lived college career, but uh, but uh, graduated early, and then started working for my father right out of school. And uh, Leo had kind of an interesting uh, niche of real estate that he had specialized in. Uh, yeah. He would buy many for cash. Uh, we did a lot of creative stuff as well, but we would renovate them. How we sold them was what what was unique. We would sell them on what was called a land installment contract, which is essentially an installment sale where you're agreeing to receive payments toward the purchase of the property from a buyer that was essentially pre-qualified, but not eligible for a traditional or institutional mortgage. And so there's a lot of folks that fit that mold out there. The difference with my dad's company is that he took a lot of time qualifying the buyer up front, making sure that they were able to get a loan at some point in the foreseeable future. And the strategy was to sell it on terms 
to a buyer that needed maybe a year or two, really with the intent to get them mortgage ready, credit qualified in that window of time, roll them over, take the profit, go to the next deal and so on and so forth. And so uh, it was a very, it got to be a niche at that point. We were doing about 150 of those a year. These aren't assignments where you're tying them up and assigning them wow. out, we're paying cash for these. And re, right, we had about six full-time rehab crews and we're really, really cranking um, about at our peak, which was in 05, right before the crash, which really happened in 07, but it started a little earlier uh, than that. And so, certainly we started feeling it in Ohio, which is where I was at that time. But at our peak, we had about 652 properties, about $32 million wow. worth of investment capital on the streets. And, and we thought we were conservative, thought we had good loan to values. And, and ultimately when the crash hit, yeah. we lost everything. And I mean everything. Uh, so it was devastating to my family, devastating to a lot of people, and certainly was that 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 bottom moment, that rock bottom moment. And have some stories that 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 I share uh, during that time of I couldn't even afford a happy meal for my daughter at one one Saturday morning. I mean, it just was devastating. Um, and it, but it's that it's that it's that driver that 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 kind of gives you that grit to to keep going. And and until you lose it all, you know, I, I wonder uh, the 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 lessons and certainly the 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 just the 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 tenacity the the thick skin, all of the things that come with adversity that are no fun during the time uh, that you're going through them certainly uh, had been a catapult to me for where I am today. So uh, a guy named Ron Legrand, who's really well known in the real estate space, uh, flew me down and uh, said, uh, gave me a job on the spot. I ran his real estate operation for a few years, met some great people like Chris Prefontaine, who introduced us and uh, and did a lot of his high level coaching and a lot of his groups. And, and so ultimately spun off from Ron and uh, started Little Pink House of America. I mean, how many people, you know, Leo, that have a pink wall in their office? So uh, we call it our Pepto-Bismol wall, but, but I'm actually in, in our training room right now. This is where we have trainings here live in person in Jacksonville, Florida. And so, uh, so that's, a, that's kind of my backstory. I've done a lot of deals, 27 years full-time. I've done over 3000 a date. You stop counting at a certain point, but, but the volume I had in those first 10 years with my father really was a catapult to a lot of good experiences and, and, uh, a lot of bad ones too, but, but those are how you, how I've really learned a lot of what we do today. Scott, really appreciate you sharing that story. And, and I, I find it compelling. I think a lot of the audience do too, because very few are the number of entrepreneurs and business owners and real estate investors who everything is constantly upward and it's a perfect trajectory of exponential success. And there's never any pullbacks or adjustments to the market or even something that brings you to your knees as it did for you. And I know it certainly did for me at the 0809 recession, where I thought I was a smart real estate investor as well. And uh, remember, uh, you know, flipping a pretty good uh, profit on a two million dollar property, and and then the market uh, falling out, uh, mortgages, which I was doing at the time too. All those mortgage companies went out of business, and demand plummeted. And for about three years, it was a really big, big struggle for me. Um, you know, homes are in foreclosure, times are tough, and then of course to fast forward, you know, however many years it's been, 12, 13 years later, and. And see where we're at, and we're we're you know better put together, and with with values and principles, and a great team here, and and foundations. And it's so important for people to see. And and the sad thing is, Scott, I think there's a lot of people out there who haven't recovered, or maybe they're going through their own time of difficulty. I'm wondering what were some of the you know key things you did and your family did to bounce back and and for you to bounce back in the real estate investment community because it's still historically and certainly with the last decade been the very best opportunity and if you're a smart real estate investor and you follow proven principles even though certain markets have gone down the stock market's gone down there is always 
you know, a way to generate positive returns with real estate and do it safely. How did you guys bounce back? Yeah, and, and that's a great tie down at the end there because uh, real estate is just that conduit to to to, to generational wealth to, to to cash flow on the way. There are just so many pivot points that that are um, economically uh, amazing in, in real estate that you just can't get in, in other industries. And so, uh, so uh, some of the I guess the, the, the lessons I learned and, and and really how did we we pivot into pink houses? Yeah, I've got to tell you, if I'm being totally honest, uh, I mean I had my doubts. I I, I thought you know it, do I do I go back into? It? I mean it just devastated my whole family. Oh and, yeah. Of course, uh, thank God my, my wife and I, who we were married, get this, we got married in June of 05 and our company went out of business in January, uh, excuse me, of December of 05. So we weren't married six months. Uh, it it might have been a little bit into to, to 2006 or 2006. But uh, so marriage went through a real tough test right up front, you know, lose everything. Very big and, test. Oh, man. And and uh, she's uh, amazing that she puts up with me still to this day. But we yeah. we, we survived. And, and fortunately, we, we became closer, which, which was a kind of a collateral unintended benefit. But um, so so I had questions. Do I, do I go back into real estate? Uh, you know, why would, and of course, my wife wasn't real excited about me getting back into real estate. And and saying, look what, what happened. And uh, fortunately, through that time, I had about 18 rental properties that were, were just mine that I had accumulated over, over the years uh, at that point and, and was able to essentially live off those. I, I let them go to foreclosure at a, at a certain point. You know, I would collect rent, um, miss two months, make a payment, you know, try to delay it. Eventually, oh, yeah. I lost them all. But but it, it provided for my, my life and my wife and I. And we had one shot at the time for about 18 months, 20 months, 21 months, something like that. So, so even in spite of uh, the, the the damage and the devastation and the apprehension to go back into real estate, it still was providing for us. So uh, I, there were certainly lessons when it comes to technical things like the, the loan to value that we want to collateralize with, some of the target properties that, that we would go after. Um, my father, who grew up really poor, uh, as did my mother, had a, a very limited mentality uh, because of that poverty uh, kind of being raised in poverty. So his first several years in, in his business were, well, he did war zone properties. And so I tell people I, I cut my teeth on the war zones and it's kind of one of the lessons I remember early on is where you, you go up to collect the rent, you knock on the door and then you stand off to the side in case they shoot you through the door. Right. Not even kidding. That oh, was one that I learned early on. Right? Those are the properties. You, those are areas you don't want to mess with. And that may wow. sound really elementary um, to some of that maybe watching or listening to this. But but it was a lesson that, that that I had to learn. You know, there's certain areas we don't want to deal in. Uh, and that certainly those war zones are, are, are not not the ones that we want to want to be. in. so uh, certain technical aspects of how to collateralize areas, what some of the economic indicators are in the markets that we're in. But, but um, you know, I think if I, I had a good foundation of real estate knowledge and that's continued, most of my lessons I would call life lessons that, that I just felt, you know, you kind of look at what's your purpose here and, and how can you uh, make the most of, uh, of the time you have and are you, are you living God's will for your life? And so there yeah. was a lot of soul searching at that time and, 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 and I'm kind of an open book. So I, I have no issue sharing some of the hardships I went through and, and um, but, but I think the biggest thing for me is, is, is really learning how to dance in the rain, how to have gratitude and be thankful and find joy and peace in the middle of a lot of stuff going on. Um, I guess you have another choice, which is to exit out of this life that that's not how we think. And, uh, but, but yes, you, you, sometimes you just got to go through it and, and 
doing it with grace and doing it with, with joy in your heart um, in spite of a lot of bumpy roads is probably the biggest takeaway I have. I call it treasure hunting. And, and it is that in every adversity you face, there are, are uh, seeds of equal, if not greater opportunity, Napoleon Hill quote. And uh, when you go into a, a, a tough situation or you do go through a tough, tough time, if you can seek those treasures, if you can look for the silver lining, uh, because I've learned that no matter the challenge you face, number one, there's a purpose for it, whether you like it, understand it uh, or not, there's a reason it's happening. Uh, how you believe that is obviously up to you, but but just as much as not more, there's always good that can come from it, that will come from it. If you are looking for it early, it can sometimes make that time go a little bit easier. And then you build on that and grow and 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 you kind of open to where kind of you're guided and the lessons that come into your life. So so as much real estate, I really had a lot of personal uh, lessons that, that taught me. I, I live my life differently because of those tough times. Yeah, I know me too, Scott. And, and just amazing value bombs that Scott is dropping for you guys right now in terms of how you pick up the pieces, how you get back on track, your beliefs matter and give you a foundation. For me, I feel like some of the foundation I was lacking that led to some of my failures was I hadn't really didn't have well-defined values and principles that I was going to live by. Um, you know, sometimes I didn't always follow through my, with my word. I didn't, I would complain. I would criticize. It was always someone else's fault. And then after that happened, I started really to realize and dig deep that I needed to establish real non-negotiable values and principles. Everything that happened was my fault, good and bad, that happened in my life. There had to be some accountability there. And if you spend all your time, you know, focused on that problem, you'll never get to the solution. So I started to establish these principles to live by. And it sounds like you did too. And if I hadn't have gone through that, even if I had had, you know, success and been okay through that, I'm sure it would have led to, to failure down the road eventually, because if you don't have that foundation and if you don't understand that failure is just part of that learning process, one of the biggest problems I had was I, I got down too much for that three-year period. And when you start to understand and you look at the bigger you know, scheme of things, well, when you're you know 85 and on your deathbed, you're not going to think back to that time period very much. You're going to think back, wow, I wish you had bounced back further. And so wherever you're at as an entrepreneur, business owner, real estate investor, maybe you're going through a tough time or you went through it and you're still trying to bounce back, um, you can do it much quicker when you start to establish those values and principles and then start focusing on solutions. For you, I think you did a really key thing there, Scott, that you mentioned. You said after this, you kind of you know, found a mentor, somebody who had maybe even more experience than you, who was already you know, building uh, the empire right during or after the, uh, the recession. How important was it and how did that work, you know, kind of finding somebody to mentor under? And how important is it for people to understand the power of, of, of a true mentor? Yeah. So, boy, you uh, gave a couple of really gold nuggets in there. Uh, and so let me kind of answer that. I, I do want to just yeah. touch on two points. But, you know, I think that that um, ha having a mentor w w and, and a guy like Ron Legrand was so critical for me at that time, because what happens is you you inevitably or inherently doubt yourself. You start the the, the kind of oh, the, yeah. the bad guy over on this shoulder starts talking a little bit too louder than than, than the good guy. Right. And and so, you know, I know that that story that the, the two wolves, right, where you have the, the, the Native American, I think it was a Native American story. There's a grandpa telling his grandson about there's there's two wolves that vie oh, for yeah. your attention. And uh, one is really bad and one is really good. And this, the grandson says, well, which one do you listen to? And it's he said, the one that you feed. 
And it's exactly what you're saying is Amen. that in your mind too much. And as my dad, you say, you, you go look at that abyss, but don't start, don't stare at it too long. Right. So you start thinking about the problem. If you get consumed with focusing on the problem, it magnifies what you think about expands, you know, as a man thinketh, so shall he be. So if you're always focusing on the problem, you're not going to, that's going to magnify. You're not going to probably solve that. And it is so hard. I'm not armchair quarterbacking over here saying this is a cakewalk. It's really hard when you've got massive problems to try to focus on on other things and and believe for good and believe for better things happening so but that is su such a key and 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 the other thing you said i i, I just want to uh, notate is is owning it and that's such a tough thing for a lot of people um and uh, i won't share some personal things in my mind i have a family member who just can't seem to own it and, and until you take responsibility oh, yeah. for where you are in your life even things that you may not have caused, and that's what people trip over, it, you can't change. So if you don't own it, you can't change it. And it starts with taking ownership and 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 talk about value. So you can see over my right shoulder, our wall, to your point, it, we, we identified what our core values are, how we wanted to do business. And Leo, let me let you in on a secret. I'm a flawed guy and we're not perfect here, but 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 when you live by a set of principles, a set of, 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 of core values that govern you day in and day out, especially when you have to make decisions that that may make somebody unhappy um you know you can feel feel good that that they're rooted in, in the right place and so but uh, i have, have an aunt who has uh, been lived in new york city her whole life and she's gone to see a therapist uh, or a counselor for a good part of that and she told me a long time just the value of having someone to talk to that can kind of look at you and give you some advice and so a mentor isn't a therapist although there's probably some uh uh uh, you know, blur there where, where you are going to be sharing some, some personal advice and things of that nature. But when you're going through a tough time and you're having doubts, you're having self-doubt, you're having maybe potential self-confidence or self-esteem issues of which everybody has. Anybody says otherwise is lying to you. Now, maybe at a certain point you, you can, can get past those. But when you're going through those tough times, having someone that, that is a mentor that has either gone through it and, and, and can kind of give you the advice for what to do or how to feel or just some things. And also to see them that they've gone through it and made it to the other end. It just was invaluable. So I, Ron LeGrand is a guy I'm, I'm forever grateful for. Helped me from what I call the lowest spot of my life and, and uh, uh, put me on the path to where I am today. So there, there's major, major gratitude there. But but having him in my life at that time I, I did was a critical component. Having that mentor, uh, it was a difference maker to where I am today. That's just unquestionable. No question. I love that you got your values uh, right there on the wall because we, we do too. When we first opened this office, that was the first thing I had to uh, had my assistant do was I want all these printed out on a nice, uh, nice paper and in a nice picture frame and they're on the wall. And so the first thing people see when they walk in here, hey, these are the values and principles we live by. And it really does seem to help the entire team and, and company kind of abide by and respect and live by those values. And then when you come across a difficult decision, well, you can kind of look at those values and principles on the wall and well, this is how we live. This is how we run our business. And that helps to make those decisions a lot easier. So then in the journey, at some point, you know, you went through that mentorship, that that coaching, and, and then it was time to go out on your own again and to relaunch. What was that decision process like? And what was the idea behind it? Yeah. So, and, and as you're talking, the, the memories are flooding back. So, well, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a prayer and, and I, I'm not, not, not uh, ashamed to, to share that. So I, I try to lead my life with prayer. And, 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 and so it was one of the real fir first examples where I was uh, saying, you know, God, is this the path I'm supposed to take here? And it was kind of branching out on my own. And quite frankly, Leo, I had a, a wife, uh, and one child, another one on the way uh, when I quit my job. And uh, I was 
had, oh, maybe two nickels to rub together, but not a lot more than that. And so uh, ended up really branching out and taking a, 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 a swing at it at, at a time that would be by all standards, n- not the best timing, but there's sometimes where you've got to burn the ships was really our mantra at that point. Yes. Failure is not an option. And it's amazing what can happen when you don't have the choice to get back on the ship and, and, and return home. So, so, and then a wife and, and pregnant wife, excuse me, and a kid. And, and unfortunately I, I don't have a, a, you know, a rich uncle that, that, that can support. So, so we had to make, make it happen. And so there was uh, apprehensions. And of course there were doubts after the fact, but, you know, I'll never, never forget. I was uh, probably, oh, four months in or so. And, uh, and uh, we were, we were, uh, didn't have funds at that point for the, that next coming payroll. And I had a staff at that point. And, and I remember just like freaking out and saying, what, you know, God, I did this. I, I made this big jump and I'm, I'm here and, and I'm, and I don't, can't cover payroll. And, and, um, and uh, it was just, it was one of those lessons early on that, that of course we covered it. And here we are uh, nine years later, uh, but, but that there, it, it's not going to be in a smooth path, no matter what you take. And I think that people sometimes lose sight of that yours truly included, but you, you, you kind of assume that, that if, you know, you're on the right path, it's going to be a, a smooth sailing and, and, and it's, it's, the nature of business, nature of real estate, when you're in a competitive industry uh, and you are just in, in, in a, and if you can make a lot of money, you're going to have competition, you're going to have things happen. It, it's the nature of the beast. And so uh, toughen up, I guess, with some of the other advice early on is that if you choose the path and, and you, you want to go after it, if you're trying to accomplish things in your life, trying to accomplish goals, you're going to have static. You're going to have things that come and get you and, and, and try to knock you off your path. And, and you know, that tenacity and grit and, and determination to not waver uh, is just really, really key. And so, uh, so some of those uh, early memories w- were, were really difficult, but I suspect you speak the same language. You get to a point when you get through some tough times that you kind of walk a little taller. You may not even realize it, but you just feel like, you know, I've been down this path. It, it doesn't scare me anymore. And I know we're going to figure it out because I believe in myself, believe in what we're doing. We're trying to do the right thing. We're, 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 we're showing up every day, working hard. And, and I just believe that that's rewarded in time as you, as you continue to show up every day and do the right things. And so, so, um, so lots of, of lessons and, and certainly doubts from the early days of being in business, but you get to that five-year mark. And I think the stats are 80% of the new businesses go out of small business, go out of business in the first five years. Uh, the 20% that survive 80% of those go out of business the second five years. And so, uh, and I don't quote me on those stats. I'm sure I, I may have, have skewed that a bit, but they're relatively close. And so, so we're at our almost 10 year mark and, and you get past five and I think, you know, the concerns for still, can you make it go away? But um, the problems don't, and the, the bigger you get, the, the, the bigger your challenges get. So, uh, and it's part of it. You can take it on the chin and, and, and let it, oh my goodness, I can't, or you realize it's part of what you're trying to do and, and um, having that attitude every day of positive and showing up and not complaining, you know, like you said, you complained a lot before, but you, you, you know, what you put out there, uh, there's an energy. And so we try to talk positive. In fact, one of the things that, that we do here, we have what we call our hallway huddles and we do it about twice a week and it's in the hallway by design, no sitting down. And we start with what we call positive focus. And it's where we take five minutes uh, right at the beginning and each person goes around and has one thing that they're, they're thankful for. In fact, we encourage it to not be work related because, you know, when you, you realize what you're thankful for, you put positive out, it's just a great way. Way to, to start a meeting. And so anyway, I know you'd mentioned the complaining thing. It's something that, that everyone is guilty of and, and really get ahead of that. Yeah. Yeah. You eliminate that negative energy and you start, uh, start focusing. It doesn't mean you don't uh, acknowledge problems. You absolutely acknowledge them, but you immediately focus on where can we find the solutions. And there's three kinds of people in this world, people who are 
you know, good at making problems. Those aren't very helpful. There's a lot of people that are really good at finding problems, but very few are focused in and good at solving those problems. And so if you can be that person of value solving problems, that's going to lead to a lot of benefit and happiness and, and true value in life. And that's exactly what, you know, Scott, you guys have done at uh, at Little Pink uh, houses of America.com. It's actually just pinkhousesofamerica.com. And interestingly enough, you have solved a problem, which was, you know, something that's probably getting even uh, more attention at this point, And that is the American dream of home ownership. And there are opportunities you've got coast to coast, you know, within your platform and your network. And I think a lot of the audience, I know a lot of the audience, even as small business owners, they are looking to, you know, get that next home or that first home and maybe, uh, you know, uh, credit uh, went through some struggles as sometimes can happen when you're an entrepreneur. So how does it work, um, you know, with uh, with Pink Houses of America and and how is it you have a platform where you it looks like you've got opportunities and homeownership uh, opportunities coast to coast? Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, and, and that and we've got really two businesses. Uh, that is uh, one. Uh, the other one, which is, is Pink Affiliates, plural, pinkaffiliates.com. Oh, cool. If um, I have a special that I hope it's all right to, to offer, but it's and I think you have to www.pinkaffiliates.com and it's forward slash free. So I have a free course that that's digital. It's on a, it's an ama- a really neat platform, easy to digest modules, but it really gives a lot of good value. It gives one of my favorite um, um, strategies. We call it our teacher retirement plan. I have a, had a buddy. It's a whole story. Oh, I won't take cool. time, but who's a, who's wanted to be a, a teacher and a coach. And we're in our early twenties. And I, I put him on this path to buying one house a year for 10 years, hundred thousand dollar average. He's literally going to retire a millionaire as a teacher. So I go through that whole plan, but it goes through how we generate leads, what we do, and, and and I would encourage people to take advantage of a pink affiliates, www.pinkaffiliates.com forward slash free. And so that is a, 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 how it's a, tra- a training arm, if you will. It's an opportunity to see if there's potential to work with us or not. But what we do here as a whole and, and really our backbone, in fact, I could even turn the screen here because I've got um, right there is our, our tagline, not good lighting, but it says we create homeowners and, and that's really our mission. And it's something that we're really proud of. And so uh, what we do is that we have several different, we have a few different strategies that we really execute day in and day out. But we uh, work with people who can afford a mortgage, can afford a down payment, a down payment, but for many reasons, and you being a, a mortgage guy, at least in, in your background, so many reasons people can't get a loan today or really at any point. Um, you can have great credit, good DTI, you can have all the, the things, but you have some quirky that will maybe delay or, or negate it entirely. So we work with people that need maybe a 12 to 24 month window uh, before they can go get a, a institutional loan. And so someone that was pre approved and found a house and negotiated and put an offer and got it accepted and then got denied at their final approval, which kind of happens. Uh, that's oh, a does. great target buyer for us because we know that they're not terribly far out. And so we provide really what we call a bridge or a stepping stone for them. We have a few banks we work with that will loan to them if they follow this, this blueprint. So uh, we qualify them like a Jace or Wells Fargo. We take them through an underwriting program or process very similar understand they're not going to qualify today. We look for why can't they and what do they need to do and in what time frame can they get a loan? And we require them for their contract with us to work with a credit counseling company and really a mortgage readiness because it's not always credit, big misnomer. You know, not everybody has bad credit. 
there's other criteria that go into qualifying for a loan. And sometimes the credit's good, but other factors are the issue. So they work with this company. And if they follow the blueprint and are successful, these, these banks will lend them the money. So uh, we're proud of creating homeowners. We believe in that uh, in a lot of ways. We like to make money. So let me be fair. We're for profit. But uh, but that is really the mission. Um, and to, to your point with putting culture and kind of your, your core values on the wall, I've learned over time that that making a profit is a big deal. It's why you get in business. But if there's a purpose behind it, I find people, employees more so specifically, they, they want to be a part of a culture. They want to be a part of a company that has values and that is trying to do something uh, in this world. And, and so, so as much as it governs who we are and how we try to operate our day-to-day, I think it also is really a magnet for attracting good people because they want to be a part of something that, that is trying to do good and has good values. And so for whatever that's worth, I, I found that as a, as a benefit also. But yeah, that's really the platform of, of what we do here. We buy and sell, we, we do lease, we uh, really specialize in creative financing, lease to own. We call it executive lease purchase here uh, because we deal in nice areas and nice families, nice schools. And, and so many times mm-hmm. we're dealing with executive level folks. And uh, it's a misnomer. You can transact lease to own on, on any level. It doesn't have to be just lower price properties. And so uh, so that's a bit about what we do here and, and what our mission is. Outstanding, Scott. And obviously, you know, a lot of uh, people who are business owners or side hustlers, uh, they're always looking for where where is the best place to invest time, to invest money? You know, some have seen uh, the stock market, uh, you know, struggle the last 12 months, uh, cryptocurrency. There was, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of passion and money that was kind of poured in there that that uh, has dropped uh, significantly. And then real estate has continued to be uh, very consistent, but there's so many different you know ways to operate in real estate. You've got fix and flip. You've got you know long-term rentals. You've got Airbnb opportunities. You've got wholesale, lease to own. All these different options, and a lot of people just don't know where to start. And what you don't want to do, if you're listening, is just try and make it up and figure it out yourself. That's a really bad idea. That's why I had to go through so much pain in 2008 and 2009. So where is somewhere that they can start today? And it sounds like going to pinkaffiliates.com is a is a good place to start. But for them to go there, what does that uh, roadmap look like where they can, you know, pick, you know, a way to get started in real estate, or maybe they they own a rental property or two, and they really aren't sure where to go and where they should go with mortgage interest rates having gone higher and some some areas you know, going down while other areas in Florida around your neighborhood keep going mm-hmm. up. Um, you know, where's a good, how does that journey work at pinkaffiliates.com? Yeah. By the way, 900 people a day move into Florida. Uh, and they're not staying with me, so they got to they got to live somewhere. And they're, they're, yes, they're, 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 yes, they do. Yes, they do. Well, let me say first that uh, if you're going into real estate and you're wholesaling, you're making a mistake. Uh, I tell people that often. In fact, we have a we have a, a neat kid, a little ad that runs that says wholesaling sucks, and it's like these cute card ads, and we've gotten a ton of ton of traffic from it. But you know, most people or many people getting into real estate think wholesaling is the starting point for for good reason because wholesaling at its core, you're you're tying up a, a motivated or distressed seller, and you're assigning that contract for a fee. It doesn't require cash or credit, uh, and there's an appeal factor. 
for that. But Leo, it's it's so saturated. You have so many people doing it. So many uh, people, uh, you know, you get the thing called a daisy chain. One person ties it up and oh, six yeah. trying to market it, right? You, you've seen that experience that. So it's just, a, it can be a real tough business and, and it's very much, uh, uh, I, I won't say any fur- further. It's just not what we, we recommend. Now, listen, we had a closing today, by the way, made 6,600 bucks, something like that. It was a wholesale deal through the, our marketing. Uh, we send out letters to all the probate attorneys in town and say, if you ever have real estate to sell, you know, we, we'll give you a fair offer in 24 hours and we treat your clients with respect and got a call. In fact, we've gotten several. It's a great little simple campaign. You send a probate letter to all the probate attorneys. You can find them online. Uh, but we got a call and the house just wow. wasn't special. So we put it on a, but they, they were willing to sell for the balance of the mortgage and there was equity in there. It just wasn't for us. But what do we do? We teach our people put under contract. Now you have options. And we just found a buyer made 6,600 bucks and that's fine. But um, those help to the bottom line. But I discourage wholesaling for the reasons I said. So uh, as far as uh, uh, dipping your toe in the water, uh, you know, we think there are better ways. As far as the journey with Pink Affiliates is concerned, the one thing that I think is important for me to share is that we believe in what we call uh, the create uh, the complete investor. Uh, our whole backbone here is creative. Um, you, we are uh, what well, we say the best in the world at, at, at doing lease to own, anything that is kind of subject to owner finance, anything in that vein of, 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 of creative, non-traditional real estate, uh, we just feel that there's not many people out there have more experience than we do. And uh, we, we, we certainly have the track record to prove that, but um, that there's so much that, that goes in that you can analyze any deal that crosses your desk. And we feel that, that that's such a strength because whether you're going to fix and flip, whether you want to do Airbnbs, whether you want to do buy, rent and holds, which I think everybody should, everybody should buy yeah. one house a year for 10 years, figure it out. There's ways to do it. You'll change your life if you can do that. And it's not that hard to do if you know what you're doing, of course, but but we, we uh, there are many ways to, to go about investing. Uh, you got to be careful because you can get try to look at all the shiny objects and and get distracted, as you were saying, it without help and without you know chasing things. It, it's not going to be likely a good result, or you're going to have a lot of school of hard knocks. So, but we we train on, on multiple strategies here, uh, and then we actually find out what the people we're working with what what success is for them. Everybody looks at that different. We work with a lot of people that have full time jobs that love what they do. They just don't love what they make, right? So to add yeah. to their their their, their income, which can come through fix and flips, big fan of fix and flips, a huge fan of, of anything creative uh, and 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 everything in between there. We're doing an Airbnb on the water right now. We're developing a property. Really excited about that. Uh, we have buy, rent, holds. I mean, we, we got uh, just put two houses under contract, one Saturday morning, one Sunday morning to buy. We're going to fix and flip them. So we believe in teaching these are, this is how you kind of slice and dice you know, the strategies. What what do you connect with? What is, what does success look like to you kind of long-term? And then what we do is, is we formulate a blueprint and, and that's kind of the model that we execute with them. So it's not a one size fits all here. So we, we believe in support uh, unparalleled. We get in the trenches with our people. We call the buyers and sellers. We, we, we help with all of the, the structure. It's just something that we said, how can we separate ourselves? And, and we try to go above and beyond when it comes to just the involvement in the deals, but, but also, you know, not just a, you know, one size fits all and, and get one, one step further, Leo, we've always specialized in creative and, and we've done really well with it, but when you have one niche that you focus on and the market shifts, you can be stuck holding the bag. So what may be a very high value proposition today in with what you're you're proposing to whoever you're dealing with, whatever strategy you're trying to execute, if the market shifts, uh, you may lose that value proposition quickly. And if you don't have a pivot point or aren't aware of how to pivot um, and the other strategies out there, you're going to be pigeonholed and probably not have a real good uh, end result. And so so not a big fan of wholesaling, but we wholesale, uh, love creative, love fix and flip, love the, so, but show, having kind of the gamut, uh, we feel 
feel is doing the best service to the people that that want to learn it and want to work with us. So that's really our approach. Uh, uh, when you start our journey with us, there's stepping stones along the way. You know, you can start with free stuff like I'm giving away this course. It's really, really good. I promise you. Uh, but and obviously we have uh, levels that you can literally partner with us, become a, under our umbrella. Uh, Little Pink Houses of Tampa, Little Pink Houses of Salt Lake. You can you can be in, in uh, your own market. So so we do have the ability where you fall under our umbrella. We have trademarks. We you, you license all of our stuff, our branding. You know, who'd have thought that the people would just love this pink thing? Right. I, I'd love to tell you that that was all planned. But right now. And our name is quirky and people, people don't forget it, which has been a lot of fun. And we've had, had some, some, some good results that so people can be a part of that. Uh, and they can use that same branding. They can have the logo and all the things. So anyway, well, we, we just want to, uh, we want the people that work with us to succeed in real estate. That that's, that's the other part that really drives us. And, and I think we've got a really, really good training program to ensure that as best possible. You know, two things that I would uh, share with you guys, uh, just based off everything Scott is uh, explaining to us here is number one, when you're looking at someone who can become a mentor, a coach, who's going to help you in real estate or anything, boy, it sure helps if they have experience in good times and bad. And because Scott has both of those, that gives you a very big competitive advantage because there's a lot of you know new successful real estate investors, but boy, they haven't seen the other side of it. And the other side is starting to hit for some of these real estate investors. So having someone with true experience in different types of markets gives you a massive edge. And number two, the fact that Scott understands so many different types of real estate investment strategies, having done this for many decades, again, because what happens is markets change. And as markets change, if you don't pivot, the way you were investing may not work or may put you at risk. And again, to be able to tap into different strategies like that with experience is going to be key. So uh, this is not a passive podcast. This is an active podcast. So I want to invite you guys to go to pinkaffiliates.com. Get started there. Um, if you're in the market and you're looking for you know, uh, the ability to you know, enjoy that uh, homeownership dream, then you want to go to pinkhousesofamerica.com. Um, so a lot of different uh, opportunities there. Also, if you do have, you know, properties, I know they are looking to add to that inventory as well, because, and I'd be curious what your uh, thought is on this, Scott, um, you know, for the last decade, there's been a lot of information from realtor.com and other areas about the fact that inventory for homes on the market still seems to be too low based on demand and population. And, and we just haven't built enough houses too in the last decade. Do you find that still to be the case? You know, as we're going into the second, third quarter here at 2023, is, is inventory starting to catch up or is there still just not enough inventory of places for people to live in this country? Yeah, no, the statistics are exactly what, what you said. And, and so I think that inherently there's going to be an overall shortage. But but from what I, what we're seeing in the, the trenches right now is a little bit more of what feels a balanced market. Uh, and uh, example, this this weekend, yeah. uh, we had a house that was listed, I think, at uh, 215, 219, something like that. Uh, and we bought it at 182, 183. Uh, a year ago, we'd have been competing above market value for that same property. Oh, yeah. So just as a case in point, um, that shows to me that there's a little bit more of a balance. And I think that, you know, when, when markets change, when, when, you know, gosh, the fed, it's almost like, at least for us back in August, September, it's like the light switch went off trying to sell properties because rates were, they just was a lot of uncertainty. So, so that, that has 
they've had their reasons for doing so, but but that stifled some some of the growth by design. So seeing more of a balanced market, I, I would say for sure, um, which is good. And and again, what's forthcoming, you know, no one knows, but uh, we're seeing good buys out there. We're seeing the ability to make offers. And and let me just say two things, if I may. Uh, uh, number one, don't don't chase deals. Don't chase deals. That's how uh, you've got to make you, you make your profit to buy. And this is kind of one on one, but you, you you make your profit when you buy it. If you don't buy it right, you can have a, a everything else happen perfectly, and you're still not going to be happy with the result. It all starts with the buy. And so if you see deals and the market's feeling more balanced and you're seeing the opportunity to make some offers, you know, it's okay to stick to your guns. If this is where your numbers are, you know, you're not going to get every deal and that's okay. It doesn't take a lot to make a real good living in this, in this business. So stick to your guns, uh, run your numbers and don't chase them. The other thing I want to say is this, and I've, I've shared this a bunch in the past uh, few weeks, but um, I, the, the, to me, the MLS is, is an untapped gold mine. Uh, and I mean, uh, really a few ways that, so you've got to weed through some of the deals uh, to find the good ones, but having a good agent that can bring you good deals that that is investor friendly that 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 knows what to look for. Uh, I, I had this agent who uh, I've known not that long to be fair. Uh, Sunday morning, this uh, not Easter the weekend before Sunday morning, I'm making coffee and I get a text from her. She said, "Hey, I saw this one," and I'm uh, kind of half a okay. This is probably seven thirty morning, and uh, and I was there by nine. And we had it locked up by two. And uh, one of the things my dad taught me a long time ago, he said, son, when you get a lead, you get your butt in the car and you go because you need to be the first in the door. So the minute you don't call back or get in there and you lose that deal and someone else made that money, it's going to make you feel sick to your stomach. And I felt oh, it. Yes, I never want to feel it again. So we snuck up on that deal because I can guarantee you nobody else or well, in this case, nobody else was up at 730 in the morning checking the MLS and was there by nine o'clock and got it secured. So I think that that there's deals out there. You have to, to, to look for them, but but they're there. A good agent will help. The other thing is this is there are people that may have little equity in their property, uh, maybe falling behind on payments, which I think we're going to see more of now that no have the property listed. So there are opportunities for subject twos for uh, any sort of terms where the seller will receive payments uh, opportunities on the MLS. Now, if you have agents involved, which you do, you have to pay the agents commissions and you're going to have to pay the closing costs. If you have a seller that has no equity or sellers behind on payments, you can't expect them to bring a check for closing costs. So if you can pay the agents, pay the commission or the closing costs, there are deal opportunities. We've done two subject twos in the past 30 days, right from the MLS. They were on the market for more than 90 days, hadn't had big price reductions, which led us to believe that they didn't have a lot of equity. So my agent reached out and just said, Hey, you know, I've got an investor. He buys houses for cash also does creative. Um, um, if the terms made sense, would your seller consider selling on terms or receiving payments? And it's all consideration. And it's off the terms are right, but you just don't, you don't know until it's a very soft script for the agent, but, uh, but we're finding those found two, we're finding more. We got a little bit of a pipeline where it's a no today, but in 30 days, if they haven't sold time and circumstance may change that. So, so just a little tidbit for what we're experiencing right now is, is finding a good agent that, that works with investors. Every agent says they work with investors. They don't, oh, they will, but, but you have ones that specialize in it. Right. And so, so those are the ones you're looking for, but boy, they, they, they'll feed you deals. And, and, uh, and ultimately you can also target creative deals right on the MLS. You do have expenses, right? You're going to have to pay some commissions and the agents aren't going to be real excited. If you say, well, I'll take it subject to, but I'm not going to pay any big commission. Well, you're probably not 
going to get that deal. So you do have some some out of out of uh, skin out of pocket or skin in the game, but but ultimately, I think there's some really really good deals and will continue to be. And as I look back at my 27 years, I mean, there were, one day I bought six houses, and one day we bought 32 in one month. Now this was in a, a prior life, as I was mentioning, but but most of those deals came from from agents on the MLS, and and oh, we did all the other marketing, bus benches, billboards, and flyers and neighborhoods, and we buy houses and before everybody did, and and it was effective. Marketing is a collective uh, thing. It's not just a one thing you do. You, I mean, maybe for oh, some yeah. people, we've all, you know, you got to have the multiple lines and, and, and that's when people find you, but a good agent and deals on the MLS, including creative exist today. Uh, and people may not know that because of how things have been so competitive the past year or two, all the seller, you know, pricing and, you know, going crazy through the roof, but, but there, there, we're finding a lot of deals on the MLS in that, in that capacity. Well said. Well, Scott, it, Scott has dropped a lot of value bombs for you guys today. Again, make sure you go to pinkaffiliates.com or pinkhousesofamerica.com and get started. Like he said, if you just bought one house a year for the next 10 years, you could absolutely change your family's financial future. You would create so many opportunities and really eliminate any stress that money might be causing. But it's going to start by getting a different mindset and living by a different set of values and principles. So working with someone like Scott is going to give you the opportunity to do that. And I highly recommend you know you check out pinkaffiliates.com and become a real estate investor wherever you're at, whatever your experience is, because I don't believe there's a better opportunity out there to create financial independence for yourself other than starting a business which you use all the cash flow to buy real estate with that business. And that's kind of my philosophy behind it. But Scott, thank you so much for everything you've shared today and for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.